Ladies and gentlemen, you're now listening to the Hoop Kings podcast presented by a work of art media. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your man, Coach Blythe. And once again, I am blessed to be back in the booth talking this beautiful game called Round Ball with my brother from another, the local legend, the medieval one, King Art. It is I and I am him. This is the medieval King Art. I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Hoop Kings podcast where we represent basketball culture. Yes, sir. And Coach Flyman, how you doing, my brother? Good to see you, man. Man, I'm doing well, brother. It's a beautiful, beautiful day, man. Uh, it's even more beautiful that we get to be in the booth and talk this beautiful game of basketball on all levels man we got some late summer basketball that's conjuring up on the world stage man and then we got some schedule releases we're going to correct a little bit of our conversation last week surrounding the christmas day games and we're going to talk some james harden um an interesting fellow to say but hey here we go absolutely so we just want to do a quick update in regards to the christmas day games um they're going against the juggernaut of the nfl on that monday night so we're going to address those as coach flight said we're going to type in with james harden uh and, and darren maury situation i believe the nba's have opened up an investigation on that situation with them so we're going to tap in on that topic and then of course coach flight we're going to talk about the end season tournament uh in the nba we're going to kind of break it down just can give you kind of the end season tournament in season tourney one on one in regards to how it's going to happen in the winter time, and then of course, of course, Flight touched on the FIBA World Cup. Tap in with Team USA. How's Anthony Edwards doing? Brandon Ingram. How's your favorite player on the FIBA team doing? And can we think that that's going to transition into the NBA season? But first and foremost, Christmas Day games, Coach Flight. I give an update on those games in terms of the time slots are hitting on. Yeah. So with the correct time slots, there we got the matchups. But the time slots there were rearranged there as the official schedule came out this past week. Bucks, Knicks, 12 o'clock. Warriors, Nuggets, 2.30. Celtics, Lakers are holding down that prime 5 o'clock spot. 76ers, Heat, 8 o'clock. Mavericks versus the Suns will end it in the nightcap. Uh, why is the Christmas Day game so important? It's the NBA's annual showcase event. Typically, they have this event by themselves. Last two or three years, though, however, they've been running up against some NFL action. Mm-hmm. And they'll do the same this year with uh, a reason, I believe, for that initial schedule that came out and was reported why this one was switched up. You got some pretty good NFL matchups going on, highlighted by a Monday Night Football matchup between the Ravens and the 49ers. So you don't want your beast game, your best game, to go up against that match, Any football game, to be honest with Really, you. any football game. But the NBA's yeah. taking a chance uh, with the Celtics and Lakers because you got Eagles and Cowboys on Ooh. at the same time. But uh, the best matchup of the day is your champion Denver Nuggets, who will probably be the best team in the league this year again, versus the Golden State Warriors. That's a prime, prime matchup. So you, you, you sort of don't want that falling into that Monday night and getting lost with your champion not being highlighted. That's why I think you move in 76ers Heat, Mavericks Sun to end the night. So I think you can start the day, end the day, Lakers Celtics time slot. But that 2.30 and 8 o'clock, you're, you're playing with a little bit of strange scheduling right there because the NFL is there. Now the next couple years, with Christmas going to Tuesday, 
Uh, I think maybe a leap year to Thursday after that, whatever the case, you may not have to deal with the NFL. Mm-hmm. But in this kind, in this case, you do. So you're trying to do your best to still highlight your league as it is. And we went over what you know, but those football games and having that Dallas Eagles game, that's going to be huge in terms of the NFC. I know we're kind of shifting over to kind of a little football talk a little bit, but I know what the juggernaut of football like. They're they're getting four million, five million people watching preseason games. You know, I mean, watching the Browns and the Jets yep. Hall of Fame game. So you can only imagine how it's going to be on Christmas Day when it comes to big teams like the Cowboys and the Eagles and the 49ers going up against, you know, the NBA's juggernaut of the Lakers and Celtics. So you kind of see Adam Silver kind of put putting up their best teams against the NFL. But it could be Cleveland and Cincinnati. The football games are always going to outdraw the NBA games. Yeah, especially around that time of the year. I think the NBA does have its time. Uh, where I think the NBA needs to get better at, and that's it. And we'll talk a little schedule release, kind of continuing here. Um, maybe not review the whole schedule, but some of the highlights. I think they do yeah. a great job with Christmas Day. They do a great job with Martin Luther King Absolutely. Uh, Day as well. Yeah. I know that the NFL playoffs are during that time. The NFL playoffs are now beginning to discuss not only you get the wild card game on Monday night now, but even a divisional game on Monday oh, night Oh, Lord. Now, especially with ESPN ABC hosting a Super Bowl in 2026. So, and that's just two years, two seasons away. So, the NFL is trying to get really, really creative with the scheduling. College football with the playoff is now going to expand deeper into January. So, the NBA now has to get a little bit more creative with the scheduling. You're starting to see that. They got the in-season tournament uh, basically starting. We'll, We'll give you those dates here shortly at the beginning of the season. I think with their... With their Saturday schedule, your Saturday schedule begins in January and is going to roll through early March. You got three double headers. Get back to those double headers because that's what we used to see growing up watching NBC um, on those Saturdays or Sundays. The NBA thrived in that double header space. The 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 NFL season is coming is basically coming to an end. You got to begin to dominate people's minds before the before the calendar turns to spring, yeah, and not just be a playoff oriented league. Absolutely. So I believe, man, wholeheartedly, Adam Silver's trying to do some great things. The one thing I would love to see them do in the coming years, due to the NFL juggernaut, is since the NBA is more of a summer game, in terms of how basketball is played across the world. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Start start early December. And run until July, kind of what you had to do uh, right after the COVID, COVID year. So yeah. 20 into 21, when the Bucks beat the Suns in that late finals in July. Play through July and just don't start to December. True basketball season, because high school, college, and all that isn't really getting started to that time anyway. Facts. So I think what the NBA has to do is reposition its stands, shift from this original schedule, play deeper. So what you're doing is you're avoiding that NFL juggernaut and you're only hitting maybe a month or two instead of hitting it hard early here in October and then everybody forget about you until Christmas. I agree with that, man. And just to add to that, I know a lot of players have been petitioning with shortening the NBA season to maybe 82 games to 70 games or 65 games and taking those games away at the beginning of the year, you know, starting in October, you take away maybe six weeks of those games, that's about 20 games right there, and I can get you to that 65 limit that they're talking about. I know they just uh, had the new CBA in terms of, you know, uh, being a, 
uh, able to get awards, you have to play at least 65 games because of all the time, all the load management that's going on. So I just think that's a good idea, you know, pushing back the season because a lot of casual fans will not watch NBA till after Christmas. And that seems that that's why the NBA kind of puts out those big games as their reintroduction of the season to the casual fans. Because those, you know, are hardcore basketball fans. When we watch the preseason, when we watch your favorite team from, from the tip off all the way to the end of the season and playoffs. Mm-hmm. But, but the money really comes in with those casuals that are able to uh, tune into those games, man. And that always happens post Christmas time. Okay. Casuals make the world go round, bro. For sure, brother. That's in every sport. So we just, we just wanted to make sure we updated you guys on that um, in terms of the Christmas Day games because, you know, everything kind of leaks out early. And just a sidebar in terms of leaking out early, uh, Shannon Sharp to ESPN. Home uh, run. A first take. Uh, Stephen A. Smith actually came on yesterday and said it's not in writing. It's not in stone. It's, he hasn't signed the contract yet, but we know that he's going to, man. So... I was talking to about group chat, of course, you know, and mentioned that uh, he'll be on there twice a week during football season. I was like, you got to have Shannon there during hoop season, too. We got to see the gold mask come out. We got to see the LeBron jersey come on. It's like having that, those two uncles at the cookout going back and forth with each other during NBA season. Steven A's a basketball guy, too. You know what I mean? So seeing that back and forth, bringing that. LeBron favoritism that Shannon has, and I think Skip can kind of take. No, oh wow, Skip. Stephen A can take on the Skip factor of being anti-LeBron. You can still kind of have that going back and forth. Yeah. That's why I kind of get your idea, man, on what you think about the Shannon Sharp hire to ESPN and keeping him on for the basketball season as well. Man, I I love it. I just said it was a home run. It's a home run times two, as, especially to me. I appreciate an unk when he when he talked football, but also appreciated his fandom and his energy towards the game of basketball yeah and i think that just sits well with everything espn has going on right now like if you think about it espn is basically having especially with their their on-air talent they're having to shift so you get mm-hmm. you get pat mcafee hopefully espn doesn't hold their hand with pat and let pat mcafee just do his thing exactly um, yeah uh, you had something with dan levitard you move you, you you got off of that because you wanted to be too corporate. Mm-hmm. Now you're trying to sort of rebalance that out and allow personalities, allow Shannon to come in and be Shannon Sharp. Don't please, handicap. please, please you don't. Let Stephen A be Stephen A. Let Shannon be Shannon. Rehire Michael Irvin so I can have a big three unk fest on oh Monday's band. Let it be crazy in there. Yeah. Let it be nutty. But that's what the people want. We don't need corporate America in sports. We want sports to be sports. Yes. Okay. And yes. I don't really need talent that ain't really bona fide or talent that's isn't certified in talking basketball or football or talent and I'm gonna just say talent just highlighting stuff and not getting deep into what it is or what it means so facts Unk is a great great and I'm talking about Uncle Shannon Sharp he's a great great hire I think for what ESPN and Stephen A is looking to perform I think they hit it out the park with this one, man. Absolutely, man. I just wanted to bring that up real quick in terms of the basketball talk outside of the Hoop Kings podcast, of course. That's going to be happening on the airwaves and on TV. Uh, Just seeing that type of not just talent, but a personality he brings to his analysis of of basketball, of all sports. Of course, he's going to be keen on the football game. Of course, he's going to bring 
you know, his his playing days, his expertise from CBS, from being with ESPN previously, FS1, back with ESPN, onto that platform. And I just love when he talks about the Lakers. You know, that's our squad. You know, I don't love LeBron like he does, but just bringing that personality, that's what we miss, missing Shannon these last couple of months. I hope he just keeps that same energy. I hope, like you said, don't handicap him, don't handcuff him when it comes to being too corporate. I think Stephen A. Smith kind of broke the mold on that to being his own man and him kind of recruiting Shannon is going to be awesome man but speaking of recruiting I don't know who's going to recruit James Hart to their team anymore Oh, because it's like you automatically know he's going to get one good year in he's going to want to get traded so if you've been under a rock James Harden went over to uh, Beijing, which is kind of, I think he kind of planned that out. Because, you know, if you know, you know about Daryl Morey and his relationship uh, with the Chinese people over there in his comments he made a few years ago. And James Harden over there saying Daryl Morey is a liar. And I'll never, you know, work or play for this guy anymore. He lied to me. And we all think it might be about some under-the-table money, possibly. So we know James Harden took a pay cut either last year or two years ago. No, last year, after he got traded in the Ben Simmons trade. And I kind of think that maybe Daryl Moore's like, okay, if you take this pay cut, a couple million, and I'll slide you something underneath the table this year to make sure you're compensated. I have an idea, maybe that did not happen. And for you to just call him out on TV and said, I want to repeat it again. Make sure you didn't hear me. Everybody in the back heard me. What's up with that relationship? Because I thought Darren Moore was your guy. You know, going back to Houston, he goes to Philly, you go to Philly. Now you want out. You want to go to the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers would want you, to be honest, because they finally found their quote-unquote leader in Russell Westbrook. And seeing you coming over, it's like every team you go through, it kind of just breaks them down. So, Coach Flight, you wanted to bring James Harden onto the docket. You know, just give me your your points, uh, what you think about it with uh, with James Harden. First of all, to discuss James and what James is looking to do, you, you made a very interesting point. His trip to China uh, seemed to be very calculated uh, for, for two reasons. Number one, Maury's one of them, but I also think, too, James recognized that his branding isn't as strong as what it used to be. His team probably realized that. He also realized, too, his earning potential is beginning to slip. And what I mean by that is he is not valued at the same level that he was five, six, seven no years way. ago. No way. He's a guy. He's he's essentially on his way out the league if he mm. isn't performing in the next three to four years. Why is that significant? Because he can't get another max contract. Okay, so I think when you leave it to those decisions, you have it in you, whether through your shoe company, you have it in you, whether through your, uh, your, your sponsorship with certain people, to take trips like China. Why China's so interesting? Because like you said, they got a thing against Daryl Moore. Yeah. Daryl made some comments. He was spot on, but he made some comments that they don't like over there. James mm. is playing into their hands. China is the biggest, second yep. biggest economy in the world. Yep. The biggest economy in the world, regardless of how you see it. Yeah. There's a lot of money to be made in China. James can tap into that market. He can become, he can become loved, and that can be another earning opportunity for him every time he sets foot in Asia. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think James, from a monetary standpoint, he's doing what he should be doing, is enhancing his brand, but also, too, he's speaking against Darren Moore. Now, where that may kick him in the league, and this is where I need James and his people to realize his value isn't there. And this isn't going to change that. No. Uh, this isn't going to get him traded to the Los Angeles Lakers or the Boston Celtics or some power franchise in the league. Uh, if you get traded, Daryl's not going to do you any favors, dog. No. If you want to go back to Houston, best believe you're not going to go with anything to Houston. Okay, so 
I hope James realized you're not the same guy that ended this year. Uh, Doc is out because of you. Mm. Uh, MB doesn't want to be a part of that opportunity anymore in Philadelphia, primarily because of you, and he's just not saying that. So at this point, man, dog, you're not that good anymore. People really don't turn in to watch you. Um, you, you turn the NBA fan off. Not the kids, but the NBA fan off because of how you play. Mm. You have the potential to be something greater. You really don't want to. You're into your fashion. You're into your basketball. Just call it like it is. And be a secondary player or trade your 35 dog just retire. Wow. Period. So... James Harden, let's talk about the drop-off for a second because uh, we know that for about two or three years in a row, he was a top-two MVP finalist in terms of leading this uh, league and scoring, going through the Mike D'Antoni system in Houston. You know, he used to he came in as a two-guard in OKC, but moving him to the point-guard position and kind of bringing that scoring guard, you know, um, I guess that atmosphere to Houston and then bringing in Chris Paul, I don't know if that changed. That's where the switch up came for me. Because ever since like that moment, feels like that's when it started to uh, fall apart. Uh, they tried the experience. Uh, okay, before I even go that far, the amount of top 75 players James Harden has played with and not be able to win a championship is almost crazy. You got KD, you got Russ, Dwight Howard should be on that list. But he played with Dwight Howard. Chris Paul, uh, who else he played with? Uh, Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid. So all this talent, and for some reason you can't get over the hump. So I remember back in, I don't know if it might have been the first, uh, the championship game uh, series against Miami. James Harden come off the bench six man was absolutely ghost. You remember that series? Absolutely. So ever since then, I'm like, okay, he's not going to be that guy in big moments. And then once again, you have them uh, game seven, uh, Houston and Golden State, I think it might have been a 2016 year uh, when they missed like 27 straight threes in a row. It's like James Harden is like the, I'm not comparing it to Peyton Manning, but everybody knows Peyton Manning's a great regular season quarterback. But this when it comes to the playoff, he just could not get over the hump. I don't know why, but James Harden, bro, like Coach Flight, you made up a good point. Like, like first of all, you think he's going to retire? He needs to retire? I think to me, if I think he still got something in the tank, bro. But I just feel like no, I, I believe he does too. But I think he's at this stage now where you have to now change the way you play. You showed he, us he's already done that, though, right? Not necessarily. Well, you to, okay, talk to me about this. Not, not, not necessarily. Here's why: it, there, there are certain moments in last season you can see him being the being a big facilitator. Yeah, let a, it let a, it lick and assist. Yep, and be a dominant point guard. Okay, there are other times where he is a dominant scorer. Right. Well, I think he's often is mistaken that for now as being either or when most of the time he's neither. And what I mean mm. by that is he does not he does not play the game with the same vigor in one of those two opportunities that he needs to. So he can be your best point, be your best playmaker, facilitator on a given night, doesn't have to score 20 and you still win, can almost average a triple-double with his size, being able to rebound the basketball and push it in transition or he could be a dominant scorer, which sometimes the Sixers need that too. Oftentimes he's battling, which one am I? And really he's devaluing his presence with the team that way. Mm -hmm. No, I need you to be either or. 
either you accept the opportunity to be a lead guard in the league and take away your scoring because your team doesn't need that, or you be a dominant scorer and you live with the result of not being as good as you can be. Okay. But sometimes he does not feed into either narrative because he's trying to still figure himself out. Dog, you're 35. We're too late in the game for you to figure yourself out at this point. Facts. Either you, either you Houston Harden or either you OKC Harden. And OKC Harden was more of, uh, of stylistically a point guard to what you're seeing now. So it's still like yeah. I have not figured myself out because I want to be accepted as a, as a dominant player in the league. Brother, you're an all-star caliber guy. A potential Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, probably a Hall of Famer with the MVP. Yeah. Bro, you, you're not the best player of this generation. You're not even top five of this generation, bro. Let's just call it like I see it. Okay? There, there's no... Put, put like, I want to ask you a question. All right. And this is guy we talk about. Dame Lillard. Dame goes to Miami, wins an MVP. What's the difference between the two? <sighs> the title, man. You said win the title or MVP? Just win MVP. As I said earlier, man, James Harden was like a top two finance for like three or four years straight. I don't think Dame Lewis ever been in the top three, has he? If we talk about... I don't know, dog. If we talk about... If, if Dame Lillard is your MVP this year, he goes to Miami wins the MVP. Okay. Bigger platform. What's the difference between him and James Harden at that point? Because now we're calling Dame a top two or three player in the league if he wins the MVP this year. Same with James when he won the MVP. But if during that time... James was averaging 35, man. He was averaging yeah, 35. But he, but he was in a system that was more catered to him. That's very that's very true. I don't know if he can even win MVP in Miami, to be honest with you. You know you, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you ain't LeBron, if your name's not LeBron James, like D-Wade never won MVP, which is wild. Well... You know what I mean? I agree with you there. You know that's, what I mean? Because Miami is more, more of a system. Like, if your name's not LeBron James, I don't think anybody else in Miami... That's one an MVP. But if Dame Lillard goes on there, it will be seen differently nowadays. Or I'm, I'm going to ask this question. Yeah. Take away the title. Who's a better player of this generation? Giannis Antetokounmpo or James Harden? It's Giannis, and it's not even close. There's more team success. Forget the title. There's more team success. He, he, he does not give the franchise the amount of headaches Listen, bro. We, we, that part right there. If I can that just say part, this. Yeah. We as a, we, and this is for my people listening. I need y'all to get this. Stop looking at the game with your two eyes. Think about it. Because when you see it with your two eyes, you see what's appealing to you. It's like a pair of shoes that you really want. They just shoes at the end of the day. You can buy some Skechers that are great for your feet. Or you gonna buy these days that hurt my feet, but they look good. Teach the people, coach. Teach them. Okay, so we, we had a standpoint with James Harden. He looks the part. He's, he plays the part. Uh-huh. He plays like we want to play when we're playing five on five or playing at the blacktop three on three or one on one. Take your time, coach. He play. He is that guy. Uh-huh. But when we're talking about the NBA and we're talking about being a franchise caliber player, mm-hmm. he did it for a few years in Houston. Didn't get you anywhere. You made it to one conference finals. Should have won that. That was more of their Tony scheme, and they got you to that point. Well, mm-hmm. Okay, we got to stop looking at things because it makes us feel good. Okay, we got to start looking at things because it, it is what it is. Yes, sir. Joel Embiid is the dog in Philadelphia. Uh huh. Feed the beast. Yes, sir. Everything runs through that beast. You got to realize that, James Harden. This is not your show. And until you do, I don't even know if you ever will do. 
you're just not a franchise caliber player. You're a great all-star player, you're a Hall of Fame potential, but you're not a generational talent. You're just not a generational talent. And I'll be the first to say it, and there will be guys to play like James coming up. If Tyrese Halliburton has the scoring uh, will in him, he's James Harden. Yes, sir. Okay, so at this point, bro, I love James. He's been a great player. Your time has come and gone, dog. It's like Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has accepted the fact that he's a second-tier guy right now, but he's the best player that the Clippers need right now. He's the best player on that roster simply because his attitude warns that. He comes there every day willing to work and doesn't cause any problems, and he's willing to accept that George and, and Leonard are better than me. Bill is better than me, but I'm going to still be an alpha. You can still be an alpha, but realize that big joker on the block, that's my guy. And everything runs through that big joker. So, James, if you, if you ever listen to this, know I got love for you, bro, but you got to be honest with yourself. You're not the same guy. You're not the same guy. And these young pups is coming in, and they're going to show you that you're not the same guy. I just want everybody to turn to that neighbor and say, neighbor, James Harden is not a generational talent. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and pass the collection plate down the first row. Bless ladies the bless the speaker of the house, Coach Flight. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna have to have you turn your Bibles, uh, your NBA Bibles too. Revelation chapter five, the Philadelphia Exodus. Hey, bro, turn to your neighbor and say James Harden is not a generational talent. That was good, Coach man. That was a great breakdown in terms of. Not just watching the game with your two eyes, but kind of seeing what's going on. Like, I always just see the demeanor, but kind of just maybe not a James Harden fan anymore. Is when they had that series against Brooklyn, uh, might have been three years ago, when he had the pulled hamstring and Kevin Durant was going absolutely crazy. It's like, you got to realize, man, you are damning and damaging the team that's being out there on the floor. If you're hurt, you're hurt. If you got to be seen, you got to be seen. If you got to play X amount of games, make X amount of money, I get that. But it seems like every destination you have gone to, ever since you left Houston, you have been damning and damaging that team. So, Coach Flyers, is there anything else on top on James Harden before we move on to the next topic? No, but I'll say this about Derek Morey. Hey, hey, oh, that's my question. You finished. I'm going to ask you a question after this. Yeah, I think yeah. Derek Morey, man, is figure out an, figure out an identity that is going to work. And I think with Daryl, and this is when I won't go into a big soliloquy, but what I'll say this about Daryl Moore, Daryl needs to stop with the analytics. Data does not get you championships. These are humans that are playing basketball. Data can help you be selective in your, in your, uh, uh, your game planning and it's your style of play, but it can't be the end all be all. And I think Daryl got to move off of that. If you really want to keep Embiid, you got a nice team with Maxi there. You could probably bring in another and create create another big three without James. But you got to do something. I mean, hell, at this point, I would even go after Lillard if I was him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And put James all the way in Portland and call it a day. You can just do the trade straight up because the money matches. I would do that. But he just got to get out of his way with this analytics crap. Because I think that's hindering him from being and winning a title that, honestly, he deserves because he's one of the – few GM slash presidents that is actually giving a damn about his franchise year to year. Mm -hmm. So if you are Daryl Morey, if you have to put on the general manager's hat, coach flight, and you know this relationship with James Harden is not going to be great, and you don't want that to carry over into training camp in the season, are there any potential teams you see out there, not who just may want James Harden, but he actually be a decent fit for that team? 
So we know we've heard of the Clippers in terms of where he wants to go. But is there any team off the top of your mind right now that James Jackson can fit and make them a contender? We're just talking talent, you know, not his offseason, off-the-court antics, just him as a talent, what he can bring to a team to make them a contender. Any teams out there? Yeah, it's a couple. Uh, I I think to make a contender, I just threw the trade out with Lillard. I think it just makes sense from both parties. And I think that will put James in an in a easier way to get to free agency because he can probably set his deal how he wants. I, I do think a team, to me, that makes sense, there's two. One is the Miami Heat. I think him teaming up with that culture may be something he needs. Mm. And they could use his services. We, we mentioned it, and I just listened to our last episode back in June that, that, that we had on, and we said it. If, if Miami had an alpha scorer or alpha talent, not an alpha guy, you already got a Jimmy, right. but an alpha talent, they probably win the finals, or that probably is a seven-game series. James could go there in the right mindset and be the guy that that Jimmy needs on that team. Mm-hmm. And you can keep Tyler Hero. You guys will be just fine with Ben. That that could be a dominant team. He would fit in seamlessly uh, and be a, a, a hell of a player there. I think when you look at the Western Conference, a um, couple situations I think could really be well for James. Uh, one is a young team. Don't know if you want to break up your core for James, but I think James could have that Houston-type impact and get them into a playoff atmosphere consistently. That's Oklahoma City. Mm. Only thing with Oklahoma City is I don't want to break up my nah. my core because I think that core is going to be really, really special. Yeah. Uh, but you could trade away a couple of assets and a couple of picks uh, and probably keep Shea Gilders Alexander with him and have something special. You could probably even keep Jet Chet Holmgren. Yeah, for sure. You His know, contract's not that just deep. give up Josh Giddy. You got Jay, yeah. you got uh, the the Jalen's down there, and probably a couple mm. draft picks. Yeah, that I think Philadelphia may want. You know, you put Josh <laughs> Giddy on Philadelphia. I don't think mm. you lose a lot of value. So mm. that's one team. Don't know if they do it because of the headache that he could bring, but he could have his influence back there. I think another team that would do well with them, hang with me on this one. All right. It won't happen, but he could actually be the point guard, I believe he can be, with this team. And that's the Golden State Warriors. Oh. And here's why. I don't know. I'm I'm only bringing up a fantasy conversation. This isn't reality. Okay. It won't happen because the money doesn't match up. But I think stylistically, he would fit well in that team with those veterans stylistically because then his the presence to score the ball isn't as high he has a great pick and roll opportunity with Kevon Looney he can be a great facilitator to Steph Clay's more of a spot up shooter at this point in his career a guy that's moving without the ball a little less doesn't need the ball in his hands he could be a guy that facilitates to those guys and then if you need him as the fourth scorer because he would go there as a fourth scorer uh, maybe third in most situations he could be that that's a team that could use his talent. I think the two teams that fit best, I think Miami, number one. Yeah. And then I think OKC, depending on if you're looking to turn a couple of assets. I really don't know if there's any other team. I know uh, the New York Knicks were were in conversations at some point this year. They they got some guy named Jalen Brunson that we're going to touch on. That kid's special. He's cooking, man. He's special. Yeah. I ain't breaking that up for crap. I ain't putting him to Brooklyn. Nah, I don't. He already been there, done that. Um, 
there's really no other situation that I think James fits because you don't you're starting to get into taking away young talent. I don't think teams want to do that. Ooh, James Harden, Miami. Fister culture, money matches up. Man. Money matches up. Fister culture. If you can't get Dame Lillard, that's somebody you can go get. He would work. He wouldn't do what he's doing to Maury, to Pat Riley. Period. I feel you on that, Jim, man. Jimmy went ham in Minnesota. <sighs> Jimmy been a saint in Miami. Yeah, he's man. He is, my, he is Miami culture. The I'm, Godfather. The Godfather gets his hands on you. You straighten up your act. Yeah, he's good with the family too, for sure. So transitioning, Coach Flight, we're going to talk about the inaugural NBA in-season tournament. Talk to me, brother. And on ESPN, they revealed this a few years, uh, a few days ago. Uh, Richard Jefferson came on. He kind of gave a uh, a breakdown or a one-on-one version of the NBA in-season tournament. Uh, so first off, I was going to talk about the dates. I was just going to get started, and then we'll kind of explain what's going on on those days. So November 3rd is when the group play begins. And it's kind of like a, a World Cup type of atmosphere, the way the tournament is broken down. So November 3rd, at the group play that begins. Then November 28th, uh, the group play comes to an end. So let's just talk about that real quick. So when it comes to the group play, the group play is going to be uh, six different groups. So you have three on the Western Conference and three on the Eastern Conference. Then you have five teams in each group. So that means in total, each team will play each other four times. So you have two away games, then you have two home games. And they want to play those games on Tuesdays and Fridays in that month of November. So what I kind of like is that they're actually correlating the in-season tournament with regular season games. Because when I first heard about the in-season tournament, I thought it was going to be like in the middle of the year. We're going to bring all the teams into one little bubble. They have a tournament. That's what I thought it was going to be. But they're actually going to expand it during the regular season, the month of November. So how it's going to work is the winners of that hub go on to the quarterfinals. So you have those six teams. And to make it an even eight, they're going to have two wild card teams, just like in football. So the two teams of the next best records out of the group play will go to the quarterfinals. So the quarterfinals then start December 4th and December 5th. So it's kind of a a winner-go-home situation, like any type of uh, A-team tournament. So for those that make it to the semifinals, they're actually going to be flying those four teams out to Las Vegas for the semifinals games. So the semifinals will be on December 7th. If I didn't mention it before, the quarterfinals are December 4th and the 5th. So those four teams go to the semis. You know how it works after that. Championship game will be two days later on the 9th. And then the winner of the end season tournament will be the inaugural winners of the tournament. They get like a cool little World Cup trophy type of whatever. So coach flight, I wanted to break down real quick to our listeners how the end season tournament is, those dates, how the groups work. Uh, what's your feedback or your thoughts about the end season tournament? I think from a um, corporate vision that the NBA is looking to display is to gain interest. I think that it will do that initially, kind of like the play-in tournament uh, for the NBA at playoff time. I think it will gain interest this year. I think what it does is highlight an opportunity for the game to be visual early on in the season Mm -hmm. uh, and to have games that matter. Now, where I think where the NBA will get away from or or lose its appeal 
is once players realize, hey, we're going to play for a little bit of money and, and, and a trophy early on in the season, uh, between the next two weeks leading up to Christmas, where you want your star players and you want some momentum for advertising, those players are going to be sitting out. I ain't even going to lie to you. Oh, I'm the tournament those, for sure. If you go yeah. to the championship or quarterfinals, semifinals. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah, blow management. See <sighs> <laughs> so you on Christmas Day. I need two weeks off. Listen, <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. Hey, especially man. the key guys. <laughs> You're like I told you earlier. You already know Kawhi and uh, PG got PTO set set in stone. Oh, two weeks. Listen, bro. Heck, every every two weeks of every month look like bro. But um, I, I think from a from a visual standpoint, it's going to help. I think from the player standpoint, it's going to be interesting, man. Because I think this can be a great these early season matchups, and and as you highlighted, they're going to be uh, there's there's six pods of five teams apiece mm-hmm. so there's four games i think for some of these wreck from these uh teams like okc who we just discussed like memphis mm-hmm. uh who is young uh like the new orleans pelicans like the atlanta hawks like the new york knicks this is going to be their championship this, this is going to be theirs yeah and you can actually create some quality momentum dude uh, brooklyn nets is in there too create some quality momentum in your season by playing well absolutely i don't know if this does anything for your los angeles lakers or phoenix suns they don't give it down you know i mean teams like that you know maybe milwaukee bucks and you know, some team like that that Boston Celtics is like, ah, this mm-hmm. does nothing for me. Yeah. You actually, actually, this was created for them, but I actually think it's going to work in reverse because those teams will see the opportunity early on to win four to seven games, propel themselves. And also, as games are flexed in into those, uh, those February and March time slots on ABC, and they're looking for matchups, you're a young team. If you don't only, if you only have, one to five national televised games or you got none which some teams are in that position this is your chance to get on national tv mm-hmm. and to be talent to expose your, your franchise so i think uh it's a it's a cool concept we're going to see how it works they do it in the WNBA already WNBA works great uh congrats to the new york liberty yep, they I just saw beat that. the las vegas aces yeah. um so i it, it works they do it pretty much in every other Sport. I mean, if you think yep. about the, the, the FIBA game and the overseas game, you think about how they're essentially, it's kind of like what FIBA does is like a big soccer model. But even I'll just talk from a basketball standpoint. You got the Turkish Airlines League. You got La Liga. You got the, um, you got the Spanish League. You got mm-hmm. all these different leagues, but their champion plays in the Euro League. Mm-hmm. So you got about 20, 30 to 40 games there. You got 30 to 40 games here or 20 to 30 games here. So they're still playing almost 82. They're just dividing up how they play and you're playing for championships. They do this in soccer all the time. So yeah, really cool concept, brother. I, I actually like it, but I think it's going to help the young pups, man, more than, more than the veteran teams. I agree with that, man, to get that cohesion, the transition from, you know, the training camp, beginning of the year, a lot of the contending playoff teams kind of get off to a slow start in the beginning of the year but you have that one team that does get off to a fast paced start and when it comes to the end season tournament I think the guys who are going to be contending for those playoffs in the top four seeds in the conferences might take it as a day off to be honest with you because if they don't win that first one it's like alright man I'm about to be clicking back and chilling or if you make it all to this like if the Lakers for example get to the quarterfinals semifinals you're going to see AD and LeBron sitting out that whole next week that's just how it's going to do that's how it's going 
going to be, especially like I said earlier in the podcast, talking about you only have to have that minimum 65 game limit to get, to be qualified for postseason awards and, and incentives on your contract. A lot of them key dudes will be playing like 66 games. They're measuring that up. No one's playing 82 no more. There might be Kevon Looney and another guy's gonna play all 82 games. Facts. You know what I mean? That that era of basketball playing every game. No one cares about that no more. It's like we're, rappers. Like if you don't write your own lyrics, that's cool. We don't care no more. That's how it I, is. I, I I tell you what though. I I, th- I think we're running into a a generation where that might not be that might not be the norm with some of these new kids coming in. I think I, I I do agree with what you're saying on at the at the biggest scale with the biggest stars, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of your all star guys will be playing as much basketball as they possibly can. Um, so I, I can see more of guys filling out the season or close to it here in this era. But obviously, as you, I do agree with you, bro, with GMs and 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 hanger owners and mm-hmm. you know, different people saying, hey, you don't have to rush your body and do this, this, that, and third. I think that model has actually hurt the NBA mm. because at the end it puts guys like James Harden into, and he's not a guy that takes off games. But I think when you tie all this business in with the game, it's actually going to hurt guys and out or at a point where it's like, hey, you're you're kind of at a crossroads from where you used to be to honestly where you're going. Yeah. So close fly. We talked about the end season tournament and how NBA is taking on the international you know sports model of having these group games so let's talk about what's really going on internationally that's the FIBA World Cup more likely we're going to talk about you know Team USA and they are they're taking care of business that first game is a little rough but I think ever since they put Anthony Edwards in the starting lineup they've been able to evolve and escalate you know their talent to be able to be the best team in the world man even though they don't have I guess some people might call them, you know, B-status players on their team. You can kind of see the maturation that takes place when you play for Team USA. Like, if you watch the, um, like, before the Redeem team in 08, when you watch them play FIBA as they came together, like, their first couple of games were a little rough, but the talent that they had just matched right into the Olympics, which is happening next year. So you're going to see similar faces on the Olympics that's on this FIBA team. But uh, but Coach Flight, man, uh, I know you're probably tapping in more with these games than I have. I'm pretty sure that. So what have you been seeing in terms of uh, some key guys that are standing out on the team, kind of taking on that role as a leader? And we know Jalen Brunson is just playing out of his mind. So the hit on Jalen Brunson and maybe all the key guys that are joining him on the ride to get them that gold medal this year. Man, absolutely, brother. Man, I I've seen pretty much all their exhibitions up to this point. I missed yesterday's against Greece, but I already got a DVR, guys. You know how that goes. <laughs> um, just watching this team during their exhibition run, and uh, I'll highlight who they have coming up in group play schedule uh, next weekend. This time next week, matter of fact, it's a week out from today. Uh, they got New Zealand 8.40 in the morning, so you know Coach Flight and uh, the Maneva want to be up yeah. watching that against New Zealand. Uh, next Monday, 28th, they got Greece. Mm-hmm. And then next Wednesday, they got Jordan. So they should yep. sweep their they, – they're, they're playing this, I believe, in – I believe it's Australia, I think. Uh, I, I'll get the location here in a second. But they, they got a strong group that they can dominate, kind of still get their feet wet. They, they played uh, Spain so far. Uh, they played Yugoslavia – or Serbia, excuse me. Um, they played Puerto Rico – a couple times there, so you're you're matching up against countries that may not have the talent. They got they're actually more talented than what they used to be, but you should be able to get some rhythm off. 
Jalen Brunson has been the best player on this roster so far. And I'll run down the roster for everybody who does not know who it is. Paolo Bancaro. Uh, I'm going in uh, alphabetical order here. Paolo Bancaro, Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Defensive Player of the Year, Cam Johnson, Brooklyn Nets, Walker Kessler, Utah Jazz. You got the OG Bobby Portis, who's the vet on the team. And then you got AR-15, Austin Reeves, uh, there to round out the roster. Uh, when this roster came together, we discussed this um, earlier in the summer, when everybody was like, well, this squad isn't going to be nothing. This is actually one of the best collections of talent that actually fit than we've seen in this World Cup in a long time. It does not have the, the cachet of star power. You got future stars, though. I think there's going to be a time here when we're talking not only Nikola Jokic and we're talking Luka Doncic and, you know, as Yana, even Giannis here in a few years. But when we talk Tatum and Booker, you got to add the names of Ben Caro and Anthony Edwards to that list, too. Anthony Edwards is a future MVP. Anthony Edwards, let me tell you, folks. <laughs> Anthony Edwards is a future MVP in this league. But I think right now you got to give it up to Jalen Brunson right now. Jalen Brunson yeah. is the driving force. He has turned himself into arguably a top 15 player in the NBA. And honestly, he produces like he's top 10. Uh, this guy is a driving he force. He gets to the buckets. Let me say that again, brother. Man, he gets he gets buckets. If you need to get two points, he can get it for you, man. And you ain't stopping him, bro. And I honestly believe, I said this last episode, uh, again, I think he's the driving force to the New York Knicks being a top one or two seed. Not the best team seed this year because I think New York will play with a vigor and play hard and give that city something that they haven't had in a while. He's the catalyst. He's the best player on the team. He's a starting point guard. He's everything goes through him. The second best player that I've seen on this roster uh, hasn't necessarily been Edwards. He's had his moments, but you can't deny the talent of Brandon Ingram. Brandon Man, Ingram is I'm like, you better say Ingram. Stud. Yeah, stud, stud, stud. You can see it in spots scoring the basketball. Um, I think the one guy who has the most potential to arrive here in this World Cup is Paolo. I think Paolo has the potential. He's not playing a lot, but he has the potential to break yeah. out and be a dominant body that they'll need late in games or in the second half. Austin Reeves has been your most uh, – him and Josh Hart have been sort of your 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 snipers, yeah. sort of your 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 Swiss Army knives, to say mm-hmm. the least. Mm-hmm. They kind of mirror each other, honestly, Josh Hart and Austin Reeves. Hustle Austin Reeves guy. is Hustle better guys. on the ball. Austin Reeves can play the point as Josh Hart can be your three. But yeah. They do essentially the same thing. Um, not bad with Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, man in the block – uh, there with uh, Walker Kessler as well. He gets a little bit of minutes in there. Cam Johnson's playing a lot too. So Tyrese Halliburton. I want to see Halliburton's minutes pick up with this roster. Hasn't played a lot like you would expect. Right. As he's the second, even third guard coming off the bench. But I mean, this is a loaded team. Jalen Brunson's the guy, and this team is going to go where Jalen Brunson goes. I do expect them to play very well, not just with their, not just with their 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 pod, but also to against the rest of the world as well because the rest of the world has something to say uh, here uh, in this World Cup because this is Olympic qualifying. Yes, it is. And uh, just going back to the intro, uh, they are playing over in the Philippines. Philippines, yes. Yes, they're playing in Manila in the Philippines. And uh, with what I've just seen in terms of the highlights, because I did watch that game against Spain uh, when they're going back and forth with uh, 
I think it's Heron Gomez. He was in that movie with uh, Adam Sandler and Anthony Edwards. Yes, sir. I forgot what it was. I think it was called Hustle, I think. And he was cooking. But when the USA needed a basket, Jalen Brunson was the guy. Like, I didn't really see this coming from him. So I know he had that breakout year in Dallas. And I thought, okay, he got him a contract, got his big bag. Now he's about to chill. That's what most guys do when they get the big bag into a new team. But the New York Knicks, like, they were decent. Like, when they got Julius Randle, like, okay, cool. But Randle cannot be your best player on a contending team. But when Brunson came to that squad, man, he really carried them in that Cavs series. And even the next series as well against Boston, he was cooking. But I love what I'm seeing from Austin Reeves right now, man. Like, he is – I think how tall is he, like 6'7"? Six six maybe. Uh, he's between that six five six six range. Yeah. And for him to be able to play one through three really makes me happy because that allows to take LeBron off the ball when the season starts. We saw that kind of happening in the Memphis if, series. If, if you can expound on that, because we I said that last week, and I think we sort of talked about. But please expound on this for the people. I don't want to get it misconstrued to when I say LeBron is the third best player. In moments, he needs to be your third best player because I think and uh, Austin Reeves could be that second guy to 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 Anthony Davis, and you'd be just fine. It's time for LeBron to be off the ball. It's it's time. Same thing like with I won't put KD in that category, but when it comes to just bringing the ball up the court and controlling the offense, like it's time to be off the ball, LeBron. I love you, dog. I'm not the biggest Bron fan. I'm always gonna be a Kobe dude in LA. But it's time to come off the ball. Let D'Angelo. Bron, Bron, go enjoy Savannah. Bro, just not just just get off the ball. You got D'Angelo. You got Austin Reeves. You got my boy from Miami that just signed. Uh Gabe Vincent. You got plenty of ball handling that we should not need LeBron playing point guard. Catch and shoot. Go to the block. Post up. Draw the double team. Kick it to the corner. Kick it to the wing. Cash. You can still run the pick and roll, like kind of a triangle offense on the wing where they pick and roll with AD. But Austin Reeves, I am confident in him starting for the Lakers, controlling the offense. He's a he's a will guy. He's going to dive on the floor and get the loose balls. Pause. He's going to get your rebounds. He's going to get you steals. He's going to defend. He hit the open three. I'm excited to see what he's going to be in the next two or three years. And I want to transition that to the Brandon Ingram because I believe he is truly entering his prime right now. Ooh, child. New Orleans is going to be a problem if Zion can get his head straight. If he and B.I. Bro, C.J. McCollum, Willie Green. Willie Green got two, ten toes down in terms of his coaching. He's had that team for this be his third year now. New Orleans is going to be scary because Brandon Ingram can give you, he can score 30 in his sleep if he wanted to. Facts. There's a, maybe a handful of guys in count on one hand that can actually guard him, especially when he's cutting to the basket. Like, it's almost unstoppable. So, what I'm seeing with Team USA, man, like, I like the core that they have. When we first saw the, the lineup that they're putting together at first, like, man, who are these bums, bro? Like, really? Y'all putting this team together? But when I see Cam Johnson on his catch and shoot, bro, that man can shoot. Bobby Portis, he's the one vet that you need to have on that team. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, I do want to see more of him from Team USA, but I know who he is on the Pacers, and he is a heart and soul on that team. Paolo, he can, he can, he might, he gonna be some All NBA here soon. Oh, it's coming. At, at least third team. I, I said it his rookie year. We said it the last season. 
this brother will be the best player in the game. Just give him about three to four. It's coming. Y'all got to watch him play, man. It's coming. Because he's got the NBA body. Ooh, he can coming. go to the basket. He can shoot. He's he's on the way. He's on the way. And Josh Hart, I've always loved Josh Hart when oh, he yeah. played in L.A., man. He's just a will guy. If you watch him in the playoffs against the Cavs, he's going to get you that offensive rebound two or three times in the same possession. He's going to guard the best guy. He's going to hit a wide open corner three. He's going to get you put backs. He's the type of guy that you want on a championship caliber team, a guy that doesn't care about scoring, a guy that doesn't worry about the stats. He just wants to get Ws. So shout out to Team USA, FIBA basketball, uh, Coach Flight, uh, Gabe our listeners you know the breakdown in terms of uh, their next upcoming games man and i i just want to highlight the rest of the world here There's some guys you might recognize on these teams man so i'll just highlight some of the best ones uh okay. playing for the dominican republic uh that big cat up in minnesota carl anthony towns time to step your game up brother uh he'll be starting for the dominican republic Jordan Clarkson's probably about to average 90 points playing for the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how Jake Clark rolls. I love you, so Jordan Clarkson. Um, one guy from the Atlanta Hawks that lights it up, Bogdan Bojanovic playing for Serbia. Uh, he's another name to watch out for. Um, Lithuania, Jonas Valanciunas of the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans, big man that you might recognize. Yes, sir. Nikola Vucevic playing for Montenegro is another one. Australia got a slew of guys. Uh, from uh, the oh, I don't know if you remember this name Blast from the past Dante Exum I thought, He's I back thought, in the league with Dallas I thought he was going to be something man He was like one of those Initial six seven point guards yep. That was coming in But he didn't really pan off He's he, he, right. he, He's back there Dyson Daniels Good young player for the Pelicans Josh Giddy, Josh Green of the Mavericks Joey Ingles Patty Mills Batiste Thibel uh, Jack Londell, Houston Rockets. So Australia's loaded with talent. Where Ben Simmons at? Uh, ben, he should be playing. Ben Jammin is uh, he's been jamming at the uh, at the local rec center, putting up fifty. Ben Jammin. Oh wow. <laughs> you I'm got weak, uh, Lori Barkin playing for Finland. Lori was an All Star last year. Uh, Germany has he a sure couple was. of guys: Dennis Schroeder, Daniel Tice, uh, France Wagner, and uh, Maritz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. Both brothers there. Uh, Luca's playing for Slovenia. Luca took some time off, did not play against the U.S., but he's playing here, so we'll, we'll get Luca doing what he normally does uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Canada is loaded with talent. They all have not played in their exhibitions, but they will here. You will like this team, my brother. Shea Gilders Alexander, R.J. Barrett, Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Kelly Olenek, Dwight Powell. Canada should be a problem, bro. Next Jamal Murray turned the team down. Imagine it, if he was on that team he too. He turned it down. Uh, and I'll get to him in a second. Rudy Gobert playing for France with Nick Batum and Frank Nicotina and Evan Fournier. So those are some of your NBA guys that you know we want to recognize that are doing work for other countries. Talking about the guys not missed, like you said, Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Giannis ain't playing, and uh, the big fella MVP, Joel. Not, well, Joel Nikola Nikola Jokic Okay Sorry, I can't Serbi- talk right now Yeah, Team Serbia He turned it down to two Joel should be Team USA Big man next year we, we gave you a lot of information, man This episode I hope y'all A lot of information A lot of information This is all just passion, man We just walk in here Hey, man, what you want to talk about? Let's talk about this Let's talk about that Let's talk about this Especially in the summertime, brother Absolutely NBA is a 365 game 
365 day league even in the offseason so much more to talk about when it comes to storylines when it comes to an international game when it comes to the college game that's coming up with nil i'm walking through eastern mall yesterday and i'm seeing all these ohio state guys on these banners and these screens i'm like y'all really getting this money out here y'all still playing college and y'all promoting this thing promoting phones i went bro i walked into udf and i saw uh Marvin Harrison Jr. His own bag of Grippos and chips. I'm like, okay, y'all getting money. Hey, them Grippos better be good too, Mark. Oh, uh, they, I don't need to check them out too. They got some beef jerky in there. Paris Johnson just got drafted. He got some uh, beef jerky. I'm like, okay, y'all really getting this money, man. But they, they, they don't. They going to Master P route, huh? <laughs> Yo, hey, somebody get Snoop Siri. Man, shout out Master P, man. He pulled up to the African American Wellness Walk last week in Columbus, <laughs> man. And uh, quick little uh, bit of a king story before we close out. <laughs> So I've always been a No Limit fan. Coach is alive because I already told him the story last Ooh, week. <laughs> so, you know, you're pulling up. You know, I got my guys, my fellas. They're pulling up to the walk. We do it every year. And the African-American Wellness Walk is basically just bringing the wellness to uh, uh, the health of black men. So making sure you're just getting your screens checked, you know, getting your your, your physicals, you know, make sure your blood is right, all that type of stuff. So it's a free event Amen. where black men can go out. So uh, if you're ever in the Columbus area or in the region next year, it's always around the second or third week of August pull up. It, it is nationwide. So coming to a city near you. Absolutely. So I saw a flyer in Masterpiece say he was going to be there. So, okay, I never got to pull up CP. So we walking over to the, the starting line, getting ready. And these golf carts are going by, you know, to the left-hand side. Like, move out the way, move out the way. We're coming through. So I'm chilling, and we move out the way of the first one. Then the second one comes by. Someone's like, what's up, P? So I turned around, I was like, oh, here they go, here they go. So I've always loved the song. I thought I told you. We some old in the soul. Just, I thought I told you. So here come Master P. I, he, Master P iced out. You know, he got the black shades on. Got the hairline. He going backwards like Stephen A. But I still love you, though. So he passing by. So I hear him. Here comes my moment. And I'm like, yo, P, I thought I told you. Bro, this guy looked at me. Like he was disappointed in his son, like I was Little Romeo or something, man. <laughs> like I was Little Romeo, and I was with the wrong girls that took all my money. He just shook his head in disbelief, like, man, look at this guy, man. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> all I have to say, never meet your idols, man. They're going to let you down. I thought he's going right back to me. I thought I told you. I wanted to see him come out with a tank. No limit chain, silk the soccer rapping off beat. I wanted it all, man. <laughs> so shout out to Master P. New Orleans, man. New Orleans Pelicans. I went to a couple games last year. Great atmosphere. But yeah, man. Master P let me down, but it was all fun. I'm always gonna tell that story. It's gonna probably turn into more fabricated the older I get. But all I have to say, man, this has been another episode of the Hoop Kings Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Tap in with us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and search the Hoop Kings Podcast. Yes, sir. You see all our episodes there. Coach Fly, any words to leave with our fans, bro? Make them say, oh, oh, na 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 na. I'm out. I am the Medieval King Art. I'm having Coach Fly. This is the Hoop Kings Podcast, where we represent basketball culture. Talk to him in the next episode. Peace.